I'm Angela Ross, and this is SoCal Voices. Twyla Evans-Carthen is a busy woman. She serves as University Ombuds Officer at Cal State San Bernardino. She is an active member of a number of community organizations, including the Inland Ivy Foundation and League of Women Voters San Bernardino, and is a life member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority and so much more. She's well-known in SoCal's Inland Empire for lifting people up and getting things done. She's living her best life through service and joins me today to talk about what drives her passion to help others. Twyla, welcome to SoCal Voices. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being present. Your life's work has centered around serving others. When did you realize you had the heart to serve? You know, it goes back at an early age. When you think about it, um, I was on the receiving end as a kid whether it be through parents, grandparents, teachers, church members. My grandfather was a minister, senior pastor of his church. So when you start thinking about it being a lifestyle, it started at home. And then I surrounded myself around people who were always helping others. So I received it and now it was my turn to give back. Can you talk a little bit about what what was it about uh, your parents or your grandparents, your home environment that really spoke to you? Well, being part of junior missionary, it was more or less helping those in need. And so when you think about the needs of the people in the community, um, it was ensuring that not only children had clothes, they also had shoes. My grandfather annually around Christmas time would always remind us that Christmas was Jesus's birthday. However, you still have people, especially kids, that were looking for something underneath their Christmas tree. So I was part of putting together the little gift bags. And the gift bags, the traditional Baptist gift bags, included fruit in terms of an apple, orange, nuts, hard candies. And it was something um, that would soothe the soul, too, because it was comfort food for those that perhaps needed something to eat as well. And so when you think about at, during that time period, candy was only a penny. So when you get a bag full of hard candy, that was like a lot of money that in a treat. So that was something I have to admit, putting together the goodie bags brought me so much joy because when we passed them out, the kids were so happy. And I was a kid actually making other kids happy. So that brought me a lot of joy. My grandmother was one who always said that those that are in the convalescent homes were forgotten. So each holiday, whether it be even for a Valentine's Day, we put together little trinkets. And then we would actually visit the different convalescent homes just to let those that were there know that they have not been forgotten. And I was thinking like, wow, I, you know, from a kid's perspective, you always think that everyone has family. And even if they do have family, they don't get the kind of visits that they should experience. So that was very uplifting. And when you think about um, whenever the elections were going on, even some of my aunties, especially one that was very active with voter registration, voter education, would ensure that I was present so that I could understand public policy. So when you think about those that are part of your village, um, it's constant reminder to surround yourself around people that are willing to help other people, including when I went to college and I joined the sorority. It was all about community service. And so it wasn't about wearing the t-shirt. It was nice to develop the sisterhood. Uh, it was, what are we doing to help other people? And so it also extended a branch to helping 
children with special needs. So we would take on different activities so that we were actually part of the community helping others. That's fantastic. It starts at home. It mm-hmm. starts at home and uh, we learn what we live, right? Yes. And you had wonderful uh, examples, it sounds like. So that that's that's a, a beautiful foundation. Um, and, it, and it says a lot about, about who you are and, and, and what you're doing today. You know, you mentioned um, college. You earned your bachelor's degree from uh, Cal State Long Beach and you did your graduate work uh, where you work now at Cal State San Bernardino. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit more about how your college experience directed your life path. I know you were part of the sorority. You were talking about how you all were about really doing something tangible to make a difference in people's lives. Talk a little bit more about how college nurtured that for you. Absolutely. Um, When you're in college, it turns into service learning. So you hear more about how service learning is a combination of education as well as volunteering in the community. And so um, as you gain additional knowledge and foundation to help others, you're also taken away from others that you're working side by side with, developing skill sets. So when you think about community service, it's really service learning. So here at Cal State San Bernardino, I've been here 35 years now, and it's a joy for me to work with the students. So I'm the student advisor for Student African American Sisterhood, and then part of the movement with all the different branches of clubs under the movement, I help other student clubs as well. And so part of that, we have Coyote Cares Day here. And so one of the activities we had was actually cleaning the house at Option House. And Option House is in the community dealing with domestic violence-related issues where we have a safe place for people to go. And so we have to be intentional in terms of the students making sure that we don't reveal the location of that place. So um, we're bused to a different location and we actually walk to the home. And then at one given point, the sorority adopted a room, and this is separate from Cal State San Bernardino. So it really was nice to see the pink and green in one of the rooms. Yes. And then at the same time, we have an undergraduate chapter here at the campus. It gave them a sense of pride that they were given back in a way that um, others probably couldn't identify. And so when you think about the college experience, it's more or less making sure that not only your critical thinking skills are developed, but you have a heart of compassion and you also have empathy because they teach you to be leaders. And what does that mean? And as you're out there working with other um, folks in the community, especially those in need, you've given them a sense of hope. And for a college student, it helps build up their self-esteem and confidence because the struggle's real when you're in the classroom and you think work-life balance is a challenge for those out of college, but those in college dealing with life experiences, they could set that aside when they see that they're bringing joy to other people and they're uplifting them and they're giving them a sense of hope that they can return back to college. They may be dealing with some financial insecurities for whatever reason. It really humanizes our college students because some are on financial aid And they're thinking, oh, life is tough, but they're living a privileged life because they have food, shelter, clothing, and they don't really have much to be concerned about, even when it comes to entertainment. Because if you come and visit this campus, the third floor of the Student Union North 
side of the student union, there's different affinity groups that creates a sense of belonging and they provide food and snacks. But keep in mind, someone that's struggling on the street, living a little differently, they're looking at them. Hey, you still have a privileged life. Yes. It may be tough, but life is tougher here. Yeah. You know, thinking about the students you serve and their college experience today, and, and I love what you said about service learning, that that is that is really it. Compare what they're dealing with to your experience at school. What has changed for, for college students that you've noticed most significantly? And, and how can you take that change, if, if, especially if it's kind of negative, and, and redirect them to want to have a, a life of service? Well, when you think about um, those life experiences, technology was different. And so when you think about access to information, access to resources, it was a bit slower for me to get the information. So when you think about real time with technology, smartphones, computers, I had to go to a computer lab. I didn't have a laptop because they didn't exist back then. And when you think of the college experience, people think, oh, only rich people go to college. They don't realize that you have humble beginnings too. I still remember going to a vending machine. They used to um, actually have hot chili in the vending machines, believe it or not. <laughs> so I'd have the hot chili and then I get some Fritos because I need to pull an all-nighter in the 24-hour library. Mm -hmm. And that was my meal. And sometimes it was only one meal a day. So I pour the hot chili on top of the Fritos for a nice meal. And when you think about the library time, you mm. couldn't talk. So I go into one of those private rooms and line up my books so that no one could see that I was eating in the library. That's so different now. You can even talk in the library and not get kicked out. So I think about the, the time period then for me is really taken for granted now. Um, I didn't see a lot of unhoused students, let alone people openly. Yeah. That's something I just did not see. Mm -hmm. And so I could understand why the perception was the only rich kids went to college because we didn't see those that had some real challenges going on. What I see today breaks my heart. Driving to and from work, church, or just any park that you pass, you can see a tent up. You have people sleeping in their cars that you visibly see now. Before they used to hide. That was my perception. They must have been hiding because I, I don't understand now. So that's where it's a little different that walking up and down the street, it's different. Catching the city bus, totally different. I can ride the bus comfortably by myself and never had any concerns that I would be harmed. Students, even though that we provide busing and the city buses are available, because you have those that are dealing with other insecurities, you just don't know who's dealing with mental health issues mm -hmm. versus just down on their luck. And that's the hard part because I didn't have to deal with that. It wasn't openly displayed for me to feel a level of insecurity that I was going to be harmed. So your role, the, the many roles you play at the university and in life, just advising students, being a source of uh, comfort and knowledge is really critical because of this difference that you see 
in the experience that the students are having now compared to when, you know, you and I were in, were in college. It is, it's a totally different ball game and the pressures are different. So you really are a major factor in the success, I think, of many students because you are someone they can come to and say, look, uh, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I'm struggling with this. How do I maneuver in this environment and still be successful? We'll be back right after this. Handle with Care Cancer and Beyond is a podcast that keeps it real. Each episode, your hosts, Carrie Madrid and Chris Donovan, welcome guests that tell their story of how cancer affected them, whether it be good, bad, or they're just f***ing stable. This show speaks the truth about living with the C word. Join Carrie and Chris on Handle with Care, Cancer and Beyond at thisisfunner.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You work with a number of young people in the community, and I'd like for you to spend a little time talking about socialites and what you do with that group and other young people to help them navigate not just school, but also life, their, their career choices, life choices, and keeping them on a path of, of positivity. Talk a little bit about the work you do there. Oh, okay. Awesome. Socialites Incorporated has been in the San Bernardino community for over 60 years. And basically their goal is to really uplift the black young men, the K through 12 young men. And at the end of the program, it's typically a six to nine month program. The young men are afforded an opportunity to grow and learn from men, uh, leaders in the community that come and share their skills and talents. Uh, developing them into young men, that we partner with different um, fraternities. And so those men may teach them how to tie a tie, how to treat young women. Also, they will also share with them the importance of their own personal hygiene, what it's like to be stopped by the police, for instance, what to do in those situations. And when it comes to leadership development, getting involved with community service. And at the same time, those men are also just sharing with them how to be respectful citizens in the community. The socialites also help the young men fundraise for scholarships. So they become entrepreneurs and their best product is selling them based upon their academics, what they plan to do when they go to college, and most importantly, some will share that they'd like to return to the community to make a difference. So when you think about raising um, funds, the members of the socialites are assigned to each young men to help them raise funds for scholarships through the souvenir book. So their sponsors, co-sponsors, family and friends will purchase ads, whether it be a business size, business card ad. And most importantly, it's all about making sure they're marketing themselves. Mm -hmm. And the conversation that they're having with people that are actually supporting them is that they're sharing why someone should invest in them. And so I had two young men, myself, my sons went through the Boltillion program, my honeydew, my husband, Tracy, <laughs> went through the bulletin. And it was nice to know how the foundation is laid because my brother-in-law went through the bulletin program. Mm -hmm. And of the four, 
three were Sir Knight, including my twins were um, in terms of my own family unit that went through this program. So, you know, I believe in the program as a high school student, I was actually a fair maiden, which is an escort for the Knights um, twice. So from a fair maiden perspective, working with the young ladies, I could share with them to how to be a lady. So I've actually functioned as one of the sub chairpersons for the fair maidens. And we talk about personal hygiene as well. There's something for all units that are in there. And so when you think about the units, the knight, the squire is the next tier that we're trying to um, elevate following the knights. And then we have the babies, the pages. So the pages may start from K through ninth grade. And depending on the need, the squires, we truly target 10th and 11th graders so that they'll be ready to go to be knights the following year. But then the knights are our seniors that are in high school. And so right now we're marketing that program. It's Boltillion season. So now's a good time for them to get their units together. On the flip side, I experienced being a debutante. So I was a member of um, the Swans Club debutante season mm -hmm. back in 1978. Mm -hmm. From there, it's very similar where you have a lady in waiting and then you have the debutante candidate. In different environments that I've been in over time, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, depending on um, the geographic location, will also sponsor a debutante program. Right now, I'm a member of Ada New Omega Chapter. It's our debutante season as well. So we're recruiting young ladies as we speak. And so the experience is very much the same. Their entrepreneur skills are very similar, whereas they're raising funds through the solicitation of ads. So they too can have the highest dollar amount awarded to them to help them with their financial needs for their first year in college. We're setting up different tiers over time. So it's all about um, with the debutante season, it's even preparing them for college. I work with the escorts. The escorts are very similar to a fair maiden in the Boltillion program. So working with escorts, we work with the uh, different men in the fraternity and they too will work with the young men on how to treat these deaf candidates and how they need to also be supportive of them. Very similar to the Boltillion program in terms of time and attendance is critical. How to complete a financial aid application, college admission application. And at the same time, we have community leaders come in to talk about politics and why it's important to register to vote. And so they too work on community service activities, including feeding those that are in need around um, Thanksgiving. It may be putting together food baskets and or serving meals in addition to um, providing sleeping bags and tents to those in need. So we just make sure that there's a full schedule of programs uh, or activities for them to do. There's culture events for them to take part in, including the symphony. Um, right now, it doesn't look like Alvin Ailey is returning for the Deb candidates to attend during a time period that's convenient for them. However, there will be an opportunity for them to go through that experience. And I'm so glad I was a Deb because right here in our own community, you probably heard about Laguna Arts Festival. 
I did not know anything about Laguna Arts Festival until my debutante year. And that was one of our cultural events through the Swans debutante program. Mm -hmm. And their program is going on right now, too. So, you know, I've got to put a plug in for the Swans (laughs) because I'm a Swans dev. And so when you're in all these different spaces, you want to make sure everyone's included because that's my village. And I want to make sure that everyone, whomever helps them, don't forget about who helped whom because we all need to give back. So I support the Swans Deb with the purchase of ads as well and whatever else they need me to do. You know, it's it's a whole, like you said, it's a village, it's a whole world, it's a pipeline of nurturing and socialization and caring and carrying it forward and paying it forward. And and that is a tremendous service in the community because it helps build future leaders. It helps build stability in, in the community and it helps people see the light within themselves and also the service needs that are that are in the community with such a such a powerful uh, testimony uh, Twyla that is really a fantastic all the good work you're doing i want to talk to you about self care you know when you are a busy person like yourself you're a wife a mother you've got a career you're constantly giving and i recently had a guest on the show and we talked about the importance of filling our own tank so that we can be of better service to others. What do you do to make sure that you are spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally sound and balanced so that you have all that energy and positivity to to share with others as you go about your service? How do you fill Twyla's tank? I appreciate you, Sharon, asking that question because Truly, self-care is critical. And we learned how important self-care truly is during COVID. Mm -hmm. And this is where you have to be intentional. So I am intentional. Even when I'm working, I'll play soft music. But first of all, I've got to give it to God and thank him every single morning when I wake up. And it's okay. You don't even have to have a long morning devotion. You could even just say, thank you, Jesus. And when you think about when you plant your feet on the ground and you start getting those Um, prayer messages from your friends via text, Mm -hmm. take time to read them. That's what I do. I take time to see who's uplifting me and praying for me as I pray for them. And um, hydrating is critical. You do need to hydrate, eat healthy. You know, sometimes we cheat and we have certain things, but it's all about moderation, right? Right. And so rest is critical too. And so sometimes you've got to just recognize that you need to rest. And again, it's being intentional about that. Surrounding yourself um, around positive people makes a world of a difference when it comes to self-care. What I do for a living, I hear a lot of broken hearts um, as the ombuds, organizational ombuds here. So I have to be mindful, you know, what's going to help Twyla mentally as well. So my mental health is just important as my physical health. So I still journal. So journaling is helpful to me. And, you know, I'm intentional about making sure I schedule my medical appointments, my dental appointments. And um, I just have my eyes examined too. So I have my, I do wear glasses for distance and reading. So like my ex. They're nearby. Well, I've got mine on, so I I hear you. (laughs) I feel you, Twyla. I do. (laughs) And so when you think about self-care, it's making sure that you take time to exercise as well. 
keep in mind, other people need that human connection. So even when I'm exercising, I walk, that's a lifestyle. So this campus behind me became part of my lifestyle that during COVID, I actually added a single track to my backyard so that I could hear the birds singing. I could feel like I'm still at a park. And one thing I had to be mindful of is that I had this assumption because Twyla was dealing with her own mental health, mm-hmm. that everyone had a backyard. That's that's where I have to be careful, you know, because that's a privilege that I have that. And I had the means to actually install a single track. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was just trying to keep myself safe, knowing that at, during that time period, I was home alone and I didn't want to walk up and down the neighborhood for someone to pick up on my pattern. So, you know, safety was the rationale for me. I learned to enjoy scented candles. Now that I'm back in the office, I don't burn scented candles here. Um, That's not permitted either. So I have air freshener, (laughs) but I have to be careful with the scent because I never know who's visiting my office that may have some type of allergy. Mm -hmm. So I even toned down the cologne myself only because as a trainer, I just know that sometimes in our space, when we're functioning as trainers, there could be a participant who could be allergic to my cologne or perfume. So, but self-care is something that I truly encourage people to understand and learn more about how important it is to take care of self. You can't be good and helpful to other people if you're broken or if you're not well. And so I listen to my body. I don't act like I don't have insurance. So if something needs to be checked out, mm-hmm. I go. And so, you know, those regular annual uh, checkups are so critical, especially um, at this day and age. And I don't care yes. how old you are, yes. you know, it's important to take care of thyself. When you think about all of the work that you're doing in the community, all your years of service, is there anything that changed you or surprised you? about yourself and how you you move through the world? You know, I try my best just to make sure I see people. And a smile goes a long way. And it, you know, depending on your environment, they may think you may not be mentally well. When I went to New York, New York folks, they, you know, they see past you. So I had to recognize that, you know, that bubbly person of sunshine may not resonate well in certain environments. But around here, a smile goes a long way. And you never know a compliment goes a long way too. And so sometimes it's not what we say, it's how we say it. Words can uplift or they could tear down. And so I'm intentional about uplifting people. And so I just want them to know that I see them in my space. Thank you for all you do in the community, Twyla. You are a joy and a blessing. And I have, I'm just grateful for the the time we've been able to spend together here. I feel uplifted just listening to you uh, talk about your life and the service that you're doing. And uh, I know a lot of people appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to SoCal Voices. Show your support with a financial contribution. Visit SoCalVoices.com support. For information about sponsoring SoCal Voices episodes, send an email to contact us at SoCalVoices.com.